This is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media. This week on the Mandatory Samson Podcast, we have a number of very interesting quick hits off the top of the show. We're also talking about a possible pardon for Edward Snowden, some good news for Chelsea Manning, and we're talking about 9-11 in the wake of the 15th anniversary of the terrorist attacks. Joey, pretty long episode, pretty good episode. Great episode. Oh, you know what? We also talk about Colin Powell's email leaks. This is a good one, man. You better stick around. The Mandatory Samson Podcast, coming to you from Stand Up New York Labs in New York City. Joey Noe sitting across from me. Hi, everybody. It's Chris Flannery talking into this microphone that you're hearing my voice right now. Welcome to the program, everyone. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we have an action-packed program lined up for you today. Several very interesting quick hits off the top, if I do say so myself. The Colin Powell email leaks. Joey, you hear about this? Yeah, he wants nothing to do with anything. <laughs> In a nutshell, uh, a pardon push officially underway for one Edward Snowden. Yeah, good luck with that. Uh, welcome news for Chelsea Manning and a substantial 2016 update to close things out. Uh, before we do any of that, I want to touch on a couple of things 9-11 related in light of the 15th anniversary that occurred at the beginning of the week. We'll do that in a second. I want to say this. Uh, well, first of all, how are you doing there, Joey? I'm doing great, Chris. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I'm happy to nice. be, uh, be back in studio with you. Um, Kyle sent an email like uh, probably a month ago now. Okay. And I keep telling him we'll do it. We'll do it. I got to be honest, Kyle. It was about, it's a Michael Shermer article about how Islam is different than the other major religions, uh, Christianity and judaism in that it didn't have an enlightenment period it's like this whole article i honestly really didn't it just doesn't fit in the conversation this week if i'm being honest with you if it comes up you know if if something like that does fit the narrative for sure i'll keep your your email in mind but it's just something i don't i don't know i just don't feel like getting into that conversation because we have a ton of stuff to get into today all right that's it okay i i don't know what you want me to say i can't read your mind well, but just, if I could read you mine, I would hope they would be the winning lotto numbers. Yeah, that's a good call. I mean, I just told you, you know, look, okay, so you understand what I'm saying. So, yes. Kyle, it's not like I'm ignoring you. I apologize. But it's just something I don't feel like getting into this week. So that's how it's going to be. But uh, we did get an email from Chase. Um, just an update on the Colin Kaepernick jersey sales thing. It was just sort of like a little extra information about it, mm-hmm. which we talked about last week that he donated all the money from his jersey sales to... Um, you know, community outreach programs or yes. whatever he did, different charities. What up, Chris and Joey? Thoroughly enjoyed MSP 95, but wanted to clear a thing up about the jersey sale donations. As a player, you don't directly receive any money from your jersey sales. They do some sort of revenue sharing thingamajig where the NFL adds up all the jersey sales for the year and then divvies that up to all the NFL teams, except for Dallas, because they have their own situation going on. So the money he donated most likely came out of his own pocket. Hmm. cheers chase thank you chase appreciate that 
Very interesting. Yeah. I mean, good for Colin Kaepernick. Keep going. Meanwhile, now you're starting to see it spread a little bit. More and more people are going to decide to start kneeling. It's good. Yep. Um, all right. What's up, Joey? I feel like... Uh, not much. I, I was actually expecting to see Seattle Seahawks sit down, but instead they did the interlocking arm thing. Yeah. What do you, what do you make about that? I mean, I actually got an email um, about that, you know, just being like, that's kind of... Like, because now the Seahawks are catching shit because they essentially were like, look, the only way we're going to move forward is if we have unity. Mm-hmm. Um, which kind of seems like a slap in the face to Kaepernick, who, you know, is standing up against this, you know, perceived or, or real. Um, I don't know. Well, I, the point being, the Seahawks got shit for doing that. Mm-hmm. Technically, they're correct, though. You know what I mean? Like, the only way forward is really through unity. Like, yes. That's hopefully where we end up. But I understand why they could catch a little bit of criticism for that, because... Yeah, it's fine to say we need unity, but how about we address these problems and then we can definitely move forward together. But like, we can't do that until these things are addressed and just being together for the sake of being together doesn't address any of those problems. You know what I mean? So I kind of understand why they're catching that shit. You got any thoughts on that? Not really. I just wanted to mention it. All right, Joe, you ready to get into it here? Yes, I am. On 9-14-2001, the U.S. Congress voted 518 to 1. 420 to one in the in the house 98 nothing in the senate to authorize the use of force against those responsible for the attacks on 9 11 the resolution read in part Mm -hmm. the president is authorized to use all necessary and appropriate force against those nations organizations or persons he determines planned authorized committed or aided the terrorist attacks that occurred on september 11 2001 or harbored such organizations or persons, which read now, and I mean really read at the time, should have alarmed people because that's so broad. It's um, yeah, Everything fits that into that category. Yes, you're providing the authority to basically do anything. All right. And now again, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because 15 years this happened over the weekend. Um, I guess it was Saturday or Sunday? Sunday. The 15th anniversary of 9-11. And, you know, you hear... We don't have to get crazy into it, but there's mm-hmm. a couple of things I do want to bring up, like the never forget thing. Okay, fine. Like let's, but let's let's choose to remember the right aspects of it as well. If we're not going to forget it, mm-hmm. definitely let's not forget the people that suffered that day, the loss that you know we all felt, the unity kind of that that came out of that thing. Um, but let's also not forget the failures that took place that led up to it, the people who were in charge, the people who had the opportunity to actually respond correctly to what happened and i think i don't think this country's been the same since 9-11 and the brunt of that responsibility falls squarely on the bush administration and members of congress who authorized this use of force all of them except well let me say this bush did like a ceremonial coin flip or whatever at at the dallas cowboys game over the weekend Mm mm-hmm Got a standing ovation. Fine. I understand he's from Texas, but it aggravates me on just a primal level to see this guy come out, get a huge ovation, get to talk about 9-11 as though he had nothing to do. Like, we need to remember the folks that died. But, but like, you were firmly in charge at that point. This was on you. This was on your administration. Mm-hmm. And the response to it is 100% your call. 
and you bungled it. And we're going to get into I have numbers about all this, you know, and obviously there's yeah. tons of fucking fact about how the Bush administration failed us after 9-11 and on 9-11, frankly, let's be honest. But it just it really annoys me because the same way people get annoyed at Kaepernick, you know, oh, he's going against our troops. No, he's not. He's mm-hmm. doing what he's entitled to do as an American citizen. And if you really respected what the country was about, you'd see what he's doing and go, man, maybe I don't agree with it, but I understand why he's doing it good for him. He should be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Let's not look at 9-11 as this like, we can be respectful of the memory of the people that died and what happened and the, and the you know, um, effort that first responders and the sacrifices all these people made. No question about it. But also, we can honor them and honor the memory of that attack and that tragedy by keeping our eyes open and understanding what actually happened there. And let's not just let people off the hook, which we have certainly done. And that's something that continually annoys me about this. And forget, you know, noise is probably not the right word, but it's like it continually bothers me 15 years later. And it will continue to bother me because we just what Bush is just an American Bush is a hero. Now we can just give Bush a standing ovation at a cowboy state. Like he failed. Cheney failed. Rumsfeld failed. Mm -hmm. Colin Powell, we're going to talk about later failed. Like they failed. I don't want to pretend that they didn't fail. (laughs) I don't want to pretend that like, you know, because he went down to ground zero and talking to a bullhorn and said that he was going to go kill some people that that all of a sudden writes the wrong. It doesn't, it doesn't, you know, it's past due now. I don't think he's going to get any, you know, justice won't be done in terms of, um, you know, holding them accountable for, for, for the, their failures leading up to the attack and afterward. But let's not pretend that they didn't fail. They did. Mm-hmm. because it came up even in the debates like his brother my brother kept us safe no he didn't jeb except for that one time yeah, except for that one massive time that he didn't so anyway l- let's not go into this the reason why i wanted to talk about this was to uh talk about this person um the one person in the united states congress who had the courage to stand against her colleagues and raise serious and as it turns out correct concerns about the resolution was democratic representative from california barbara lee this is barbara lee on the floor of the congress on 9 14 okay 2001 2001 three days after 9 11 now think about the courage that it takes to do this it's the right thing. She said the right thing, and she's literally the only person that voted against authorizing broad use of force, which we're going to get into in a second. But this is Barbara Lee, 9-14-2001, voicing her concerns absolutely rightly and good for her, and she deserves to be uh, you know, recognized for, for this thing that she did. Gentleman from California is uh, recognized for a minute and a half. Thank you, and I want to thank our ranking member and my friend for yielding. Mr. Speaker, members, I rise today really with a very heavy heart, one that is filled with sorrow for the families and the loved ones who were killed and injured this week. Only the most foolish and the most callous would not understand the grief that has really gripped our people and millions across the world. This unspeakable act on the United States has really forced me, however, to rely on my moral compass, my conscience, and my God for direction. September 11th changed the world. Our deepest fears now haunt us. Yet I am convinced that military action will not 
prevent further acts of international terrorism against the United States. This is a very complex and complicated matter. Now, this resolution will pass, although we all know that the President can wage a war even without it. However difficult this vote may be, some of us must urge the use of restraint. Our country is in a state of mourning. Some of us must say, let's step back for a moment, let's just pause just for a minute and think through the implications of our actions today so that this does not spiral out of control. Now, I have agonized over this vote, but I came to grips with it today, and I came to grips with opposing this resolution during the very painful, yet very beautiful memorial service. As a member of the clergy so eloquently said, as we act, let us not become the evil that we deplore. Thank you, and I yield the balance of my time. Gentlemen's time has expired. 518 to 1 in the Congress. And isn't that, that last line, exactly what, exactly right? Let us not become what we despise or what, you know, I forget exactly how she just said it, but it's like, yeah, that's what we did. Yeah. Torture. Guantanamo Bay, everything we've done, domestic spy, all the shit. It's all a direct result of this. And we're not safe for it either. No. And how, I mean, could she have been more correct? Nope. That's amazing. And one person. Yes. One individual stood up, thought about what would happen with this resolution, and voiced her opinion, and was highly um, vilified for it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Do you have any examples of that? Or Not really. She, yeah, I mean, but, I, but you can imagine, look, you know how the, you know what the tenor was after, you know, directly days after 9-11. It mm-hmm. was, people were sad, people were angry, but it was like, let's go get those fuckers, like, blah, blah, blah. You know, it was very, it was that. And for someone to come in and go, hey, uh, we should really think about this because I don't think this is going to help. And everyone's like, shut the fuck up. We need to go bomb something. Like, that you were not going to get that art, you know, that argument was yeah. not going to get through, but God damn it. Good for Barbara Lee. And you know, that that's the type of person that we need. Yes. Not people that are just going to blindly go, well, he's not kneeling for the anthem. He must hate the troops. Yeah. Okay. I guess. Or you're missing the point. Maybe you need to step back and take a look at things. So Barbara Lee, there you go. Now, meanwhile, according to a report released this week, from Brown University's Watson Institute, the total U.S. budgetary cost of war since 2001 oh God. is $4.79 trillion. Nice. 15 years, $5 trillion. Iraq, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Syria, and other overseas operations between 2001 and 2016 have cost us $1.7 trillion. The 2017 budget request is $103 billion more. Homeland Security between 2001 and 2016, $550 billion. DOD, the Department of Defense budget and veterans care, $733 billion for the DOD and $215 billion for, for the vets. Interest on borrowed war money, oh. $453 billion in 
interest. Now, let me tell you something. You could watch Republic, and you'll hear Trump do it, and you'll hear a lot of Republicans do it. They'll pay lip service to the idea of being for smaller government, and let's not be frivolously spending, and let's not raise the debt. Who raised the debt? Putting all this shit on the books and pretending like it's just necessary because it's... And also, they didn't put it on the books. That's the little, like, trick thing. It's an asterisk, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. Obama cho- Obama took the money that we were spending on the wars and different things and actually put them on the books as opposed to pretending that, you know, they don't exist by borrowing money here and there. No, we actually have to pay for this shit. And that's why it added to the debt. But let's not pretend that Obama was the one that started these fucking wars. He certainly continued them. Nobody's pretending that he didn't. You know, I mean, he got troops out, but like we've still continued spending a lot of money on the military and on the wars. Um, but the Bush administration started this shit. Yes. Like, let's not pretend. And again, I'm not team anybody. I'm team USA, like I said a bunch of times. The, it's not just to pick on the Republican. Like, Bush started it, though. Let, we can't pretend he didn't. This is all Bush administration shit. Estimated cost of veteran medical needs through 2053 another trillion dollars okay people coming back from the war hurt all this stuff mental disability whatever a trillion dollars department of defense state department and homeland security 2017 request 103 billion more dollars so barbara lee once again spot on the money um and as we continue here we've spent you know five trillion dollars on war yes and what what have we really accomplished yeah what, what have you accomplished nothing right i mean there's no there's almost no way to prove the negative of like well nothing's happened so obviously we but that's the argument they'll yes. make. They go, well we haven't been attacked so obviously it's working well yeah but we were attacked once and it was because of a you know you can't say definitively that it wouldn't have happened but clearly looking back you can go oh there was this memo in august there was this being said these people quit the CIA because they said nobody's taking our complaints seriously and something's going to happen. Like there's dots that you could connect where you can go, well, maybe something else could have been done. I, I don't accept the fact that nothing could have been done for sure. There could have, but nothing was done to try to stop this. Well, I, I think the most telling example, we always go back to the memo that was sitting on the desk. It said bin Laden determined to strike in us. And then he got another one later that was like attack imminent. People quit. People quit their jobs. Because they were like, yeah, we're warning them, but they're not they're not taking it seriously. Yeah. Okay. And there's only, you know, one person to blame. And I could understand someone being upset that that person who was to blame gets to throw a baseball 15 years that, later and have everyone cheer for that's him. That's what it is, Jerry. That's, what, that's, that's really what it is. That's what frustrates me. How, what kind of like seatsy fly brain does this country have where... You can watch this guy who was a failure as a president. I mean, left office with like a 20-something percent approval rating. Dismal. Terrible. One of the worst administrations in the history of the country. Fast forward a decade, 15 years later, he gets a standing ovation at a fucking football game on Sunday. We're going to pretend, here comes George Bush. Great guy. Is he? Because I remember him being a bungler who failed us. And I don't know why we have to pretend that that's not the case. You're right, Joe. That's really what annoys me. Yeah. All right. Anyway, 15th anniversary of 9-11. There you go. Uh, it's always something to bother because it's something I want to. And, you know, maybe it's my own thing, but it's like I'd like to get sentiment. I don't know, for lack of a better word, sentimental about it or whatever. But seeing the nonsense and the hypocrisy every year 
surrounding it really it just annoys I can't stand it. You know what I mean? I just can't take it. Well, I, and it's not to disrespect and believe me, anybody that died of course, those are innocent lives. They shouldn't have been killed. It's ridiculous. The people that went down there and risked their own lives cleaning up and doing the of good friend of ours, his dad got sick. Yes. He, he, were, he was a firefighter. Got cancer from being down there. Like, I know, okay, so like I understand that the sacrifices are made, but let's keep our fucking eyes open because that's the only way that we're going to learn from that. that. That's really what annoys me too. But you have to keep in mind he's an ex-president. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he is. So what? He was not a good president. It, I, some might claim that he automatically gets protected from our previous injustices. Yeah, and that was a you. And look, let me tell you something else. You want to talk about disappointment? Like when I voted for Obama, I believed a lot of the stuff that he was putting out there, and he did some of it. He did some of it not as well as I wanted him to do, but he did it. He's been a decent president. You know what I mean? I don't think he's been uh, amazing, but I think he's been good. And he's certainly not a fucking failure like people on the right want to pretend he is. It just so happens that he followed an actual failure. And so I guess that, you know. You can't look as bad. Well, no. Well, what I'm saying is I think because Bush caught so much shit for legitimately being a failure that that sort of made the rhetoric okay. You know what I mean? Where it's like, well, Obama's the fucking worst. Like, no, he's not. Objectively, he's not. And we're going to talk about how he's not in a few minutes too. But um, I don't know. I lost my train of thought there. But but in any event, okay, let's move on. Mm -hmm. Prison strikes, Joey. What do you know about it? What do you want to say about it? Well, there was one that just happened. Yep. On Friday, prisoners in 20 plus states coordinated a strike, refusing to work their assigned jobs. Excuse me, Polar Seltzer Blueberry Lemonade. It's getting towards the end of the summer, so I'm working my way through the summer flavors. It's very nice. Uh, tw- uh, refusing to work their assigned jobs in an attempt to, quote, end prison slavery. America's... No, th- you know, this shit bothers me, too. Th- I like what we got on this today's episode, because mm-hmm. it's a lot of stuff that really does bother me. We got a lot of it all stacked together, and it's going to transition beautifully, so I'm, I'm excited about it. America's 2 million plus prisoners have in recent years been involved in new public works programs like plumbing, roadkill cleanup, managing graveyards, underwater welding, etc. Okay, hmm. so like just jobs that nobody wants to do. But all right, so now okay, maybe I can wrap my head around you're in prison, you can go get a job, learn a skill maybe, get paid a little bit, go do something to benefit the community. Okay. All right, I can wrap my head around that. But corporations have cut deals with private and public prisons, giving themselves access to a labor force with zero bargaining power. Prisoners scrub products for Walmart. They package coffee for Starbucks. They sew clothes for Victoria's Secret and even man call centers for AT&T for something like 20 cents an hour. Okay, that's called slave labor, Joey. And these prisoners are are doing the right thing by refusing to go do that. How dare, if you want to let them do those jobs, fine, but pay them what you actually get paid to work for Starbucks. So that way they can save them some fucking money. When you let them out of jail, maybe we can lower the recidivism rate. So they don't have to go back on the street and sell drugs or steal or do whatever the fuck they were doing. Uh, Maybe they can have some money to actually get an apartment and buy a suit so they can go on an interview or whatever. If they're going to be in jail for years, right? 
I think it kind of comes down to why are they in jail to begin with. So you, you're you saying if they were in jail for something heinous, they shouldn't get paid for the work they're doing? Correct, because some well, you I, I would feel that you might lose some of your rights if you did something against another human being. So why should you be rewarded by default? Well, you're not being rewarded. You're not being rewarded. There's not a reward. It's not like they're putting them in jail and they're just giving them money. You would be if you were getting, getting peace and not- wages. Well, no. See, but okay. But here, I hear what you're saying. But I just frankly disagree. The only reason that Starbucks is using prisoners to begin with is because they don't pay them human wages. That mm-hmm. that's why we have these international trade deals and all this shit. Because you could pay whoever from China forty cents a day. You don't have to pay them the amount of money that you have to pay in a unionized uh, country like the United States or whatever. That's what they're doing. They're just finding cheap, 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 almost free labor from a, a a group of people that seemingly have no bargaining rights, which is why this prison strike is crucial and important. They'll just stop giving them jobs. You know what I mean? The only reason they're doing it is because they can get them for 20 cents. It's not, it's not unreasonable. I don't, you know, even if they're murder, it doesn't even matter if you, if you have them. So it's, we were okay. Letting murderers stitch panties together in jail for 20 cents. But not just paying them a regular way. Like, come on, that's okay. We have no problem with that, but paying them a, a decent way, you know, the real amount of money that it would cost to actually pay a worker. That's out, so out of bounds. Well, come on. I have a, uh, some quotes from, uh, John Ellsman in 2011, who was a Republican representative. Who is this gentleman? He was a Republican. No, what was his name? I'm saying, Oh, it was John Ensign. Oh, John Ensign. Yeah, yes. sure. Think about how much it costs to incarcerate someone. Do we want them just sitting in prison, lifting weights, becoming violent, and thinking about their next crime? Uh. Or do we want them having a little purpose in life and learning a skill? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Well, that's... For 20 cents. Yeah. Well, that's super... That's classic Republican rhetoric. I mean, I I mentioned it a couple... I guess last week or a couple of weeks ago, I watched the Michael Moore documentary, Where to Invade Next. And... It again. They they have a, a segment where they go to Norway and they talk to the dad of one of the people killed in the Anders Breivik attack. And I think I think oh yeah, I definitely talked about this. But like they have a a twenty percent recidivism rate in their their prisons. Their prisoners are able to like leave the premises. And they have keys to their apartment. Murderer people that have killed people, and their rates of of reincarceration are sixty percent less than what we do here. So it's not about Here's the other thing. Mm-hmm. Let's go to this. Cruel and unusual punishment is not allowed in this country. So making somebody work like forced labor is unusual punishment. You're, you're double punishing them. Being in jail, being separated from society is the punishment itself. You don't have to make it worse. That's the punishment. <laughs> yeah. you, you understand what I'm saying? So that alone, and I understand that people are going to disagree with that, but that alone is kind of an absurd notion that it's like what do you want to do just sit there and exercise yes what do you want them to do you took them out of society if you want to give them a skill teach them something don't make them uh, you know wash off the coffee beans from starbucks packages that's not a skill that's wiping everybody knows how to wipe everybody knows how to wipe that might be a good title hmm. uh, misleading it's like a children's book um you, you understand what i'm saying yes. though, Joey? 
Um, I think what it might really come down to is what value does cheap labor have, I guess. Well, uh, look, the value is we can make more money. The big corporations, like I mentioned, Starbucks, I turned the page already, Starbucks, uh, Walmart. AT&T, Walmart. Yeah, the value is free. And you want to talk about what's affecting, you know, lower class or middle class jobs, things like that. It's not Mexicans taking your job. It's prisoners, potentially. You got 2 million people doing fucking 20 cents an hour labor there. That's going to affect it. You know, you know what else is going to affect it? Robots, free labor. It's not Mexican people coming over and stealing jobs from from white people. Maybe in some instances, but that's not the driver of of this. It's corporations outsourcing their. Essentially, what they're doing is they're going instead of going to China to do it or wherever, um, they're just going to like little prison colonies in the United States and going, oh, we have fucking cheap labor here. That's the same yeah. as going to China, but we don't have to export anything. <laughs> and also, the other thing is the economic issue that it rises is that is money that's that the 20 cents is label that is like that's lost label that is not getting reimbursed to go out and buy more products oh absolutely yes right it just goes it adds totally it just goes because it's the, a it stops dead right there 100 percent. just goes into the corporate coffers and that's you're absolutely right joe yeah for sure and this guy talks about how much is prison, how much does it cost to incarcerate a prisoner? What do you care? It's coming out of our pockets. <laughs> it's you. You guys keep throwing people in jail unless it's a private prison and somebody's getting rich off it. But otherwise, taxpayers are paying for the, those prisoners in jail. Let them work for a reasonable price so when they get out, they stay out so we don't have to keep paying for them or whatever. You know what I mean? It's just it's it's flawed logic. But anyway, so good. I want to just mention that it's like good for those prisoners. Um, you know, remember, being in jail is the punishment itself. You don't have to make it worse. Um, along those lines, this is just quick because I don't have a ton of information about it because mm-hmm. it just happened. Bayer and Monsanto. Bayer, a German chemical giant, has in place a deal to buy Monsanto, previously described as, quote, the most evil company in the world, for $66 billion. Bernie Sanders called the potential merger a threat to all Americans. And I have his quote. Well, I'll read his quote in a minute. Uh, politicians, scientists, regulators, farmers, and activists, also known as everyone, hmm. called the deal, quote, a marriage made in hell. Uh, this represents a huge consolidation of the seeds and agricultural uh, agriculture industry. If this goes through, it's going to face a lot of scrutiny, but this is a, te- this is terrible. Again, the little fish get eaten up by the big fish and eventually the big fish just join together. And then you have one giant fish that you can't argue with. You know what I mean? That's going to be the thing that runs the industry. Yeah. It's going to happen here. And the giant fish eats everything else. Yeah, well, that's just say it's satiated at that point. It doesn't have to eat anymore. It's just, it's got, it has us over the barrel, you know I mean? I'm mixing metaphors, I guess, but you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, this is what Bernie Sanders had to say about it. These mergers boost the profits of huge corporations and leave Americans paying even higher prices. Not only should this merger be blocked, but the Department of Justice should reopen its investigation of Monsanto's monopoly over the seed and chemical market. Uh, All right. Thank you, Bernie. Bernie's going to pop up a little bit later in this episode, too. He did another good thing. Would you want to play devil's advocate for a second? Sure. Okay. Um, In what way 
Would this merger benefit the farmers? Uh, I mean, okay, right. So Better being, seeds. So I'm being Monsanto, yes. you're saying. If I were, well, I mean, clearly the merger is going to enable better research yeah we'll be able to do better research and development we'll be able to provide way more high quality seeds more easily to more farmers therefore we're helping feed people around the world we're really contributing to the you know the global food shortages and blah 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 uh plus with our gmo research that we're doing these seeds are stronger than regular seeds it's not just like some baby seed you throw in the ground you can't trust this stuff is going to grow up nice and strong uh, you know, it's going to be genetically modified to be able to fight off certain bacteria and certain bugs and things like that. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be in way better shape. Now, could I just ask you one question? Yeah. Prove to me you're not doing it for profit. Oh, well, I don't have to prove to you I'm not doing it for profit. Of course I'm doing it for profit. Oh, but, okay. but Joey, let's yes. be honest. This is compassionate capitalism. I mean, far be it from us to like make money and not help the world. Of course, that's what we're doing. These these are the same people that created seeds that only last for one season. They kill themselves. They're suicide seeds. It's a huge oh. problem in India. There's a big revolt over there. I forget the woman's name, but she's a very prominent like activist. This I can't think of her name, but anyway. But in in India, she has this whole movement of like the natural seeds movement and don't use Monsanto because they create these seeds that they sell to farmers that are one time use. So instead of just having, you know, a farming system where each year your harvest. You no, you, you got to buy more seeds. Right. You got to put Every more money year, into that economy. Exactly. So that's really, that's the company you're dealing with here. Again, I don't have a ton of information. It just got announced. So we'll obviously t- keep our eye on this. But yeah, I'm never, I'm never in favor of these huge corporations even getting to the size that they are now, let alone joining forces, because who's going to stop them? Well, I find it interesting that Bear is willing to pay a 44% premium on each share. That's insane. Yeah, because eventually they're just going to own the world. If they can get their hand, if Monsanto and Bayer join, then there's how many other major companies working in that, um, you know, market of the similar of similar size? Very few. They, so it's worth whatever they're paying. It's going to come back. Sixty six billion sounds ridiculously low to me. They're going to make so much fucking. Mo- Are you crazy? They're going to make so much money. And you got to eat. Well, and here's the other aspect. You, you want to throw in the global warming stuff, um, how that's going to complicate things. Like you're going to have to go to the. First oh, they're well, going to have to design a seed that have to. They're not going to have to. They're going to do that because they know where the. That's the thing. These big corporate, they know where shit's. They know where it's heading, so they're just putting themselves in a position to be like, "Hey, we have seeds that grow anywhere." That's a you know so that's a good thing and a bad thing because that you're changing the ecosystem completely as opposed to oh this clo- this climate change thing is a problem we should stop that they're like fuck it let's just make products that work in the destroyed earth oh okay that that's a, that's genius these are the same people that tried to patent a pig okay Monsanto changes a couple of little things in like the genetics of a pig and tries to patent it. and tries to patent it you didn't invent a pig it what. All right, we don't have to get into Monsanto, but we will be getting into this, obviously, as this thing continues. Now, this is a perfect segue, Joey, into this. Corporations versus governments. UK anti-poverty charity Global Justice Now have released a list of the biggest economies in the world. Corporations are 69 of the top 100 economies in the world. Tell that again. 69 of... 100. Of the top 100, 69 wow. are corporations. 63 in 2015, so it's gone up. Numbers one through nine 
on this list of the world's biggest economies are governments. The U.S., China, Germany, Japan, France, U.K., Italy, Brazil, and Canada in that order. Ten through whatever, you know, 400 or how many are on the list. Um, it's mixed. Number 10, Walmart. Number 18, Royal Dutch Shell. Number 21, ExxonMobil. Number 22, Volkswagen. Number 23, Toyota. Number 25, Apple. Number 27, BP. The top 10 corporations' total value is $2.85 trillion. The bottom 180 countries in the world, $2.8 trillion. So they're just a little bit behind the top 10 corporations in the world. Total government value, all the governments in the world added up, $20.25 trillion. The total corporation value, $18.25 trillion. You tell me what happens when the corporations have more money than the governments. Uh, m- much, much inequality. Well, we're already seeing inequality, but if you have a situation where government has less money than corporations, you're now living in a world run by, as though we're not already, but you're truly living in a world run by corporations because they've, they've found a way to pay for the politicians that get elected. They found a way to make money off of the election cycle to begin with. And now you're talking about a situation where they had governments might have to borrow money from corporations and which you want to talk about. Well, and you want to talk about free labor. Like I mentioned before robots that that's not a fucking far fetched thing. When machinery and labor becomes free, corporations will make money by spending nothing. Really. They're, they're literally just doing They're They're spending it on materials, not even labor anymore. And then you think an iPhone is going to cost more or less at that point. Uh, it's going to cost a lot less, but no one's going to have the money to pay for no, it. No, that's not true because, well, I mean, who knows? We'll see what happens. But I'm just saying you, we're going to live in a situation where corporations potentially could have more money than governments. I, I, I mm, The only way, yeah, you kind of screwed with that one. <laughs> the only thing I can yeah. think of is if the governments bought the robots and started using well, them who's for gonna the public them, good. Well, who's going to build them, you think? Why would they? What, what, what? Corporations used to have, when they were first able to incorporate these businesses, they would have it for a limited term, mm-hmm. and they would have to prove a public good before they could even consider incorporating. Yes. That's no longer the case. Now, corporations are only beholden to their shareholders, um, and they're really only beholden to themselves. And we already see how they operate, Joey. Why, why all of a sudden Apple, who's stashing you know billions of dollars in Ireland so as to avoid paying taxes to the people who are buying their products... Why would they all of a sudden just decide, you know, what we need to do, we need to help, you know, poor people. They're not going They might to. give charitably. And that's the other that's argument. That's only that a I, tax write-off though. That's the only reason Well, that's they the do thing. That. that that always comes up where it's like, well, listen, a lot of these people give money. Yeah, okay. So what? Because they have it. But that's that's different. Just giving to charity is completely different than you know, negatively affecting the world that you've that you exist in, you know? It's a big difference. Oh, you need some money here. We'll give it to you. How about you just not fuck all of us and give people the real opportunity to succeed in their lives so they don't need a handout? How about that? How about you pay the taxes that you owe? So that way, if people do need a handout, the government that they supposedly have a say over can actually help them out as opposed to, oh, I'll I'll take your charity. Thank you. Yeah. However, there's been a few governments, including the UK government, that has designed uh, corporates to raise to power through tax structures, trade deals, and even 
aid programs for the corporations. Yeah, of course. Who's writing the... That's the thing. The politicians that are writing the laws that benefit the corporations, those people get an office by corporate money. Who do you think is giving the money? There's a whole thing that just came out about Scott Walker, which I didn't have a chance to like really delve into, but we'll, I'm sure, be getting into it, about how he raises money. Like He needed a couple million dollars to right at the start of his recall election. There's emails where it's like, oh, you got to go to the Koch brothers. They'll, they'll give you a million bucks. Go here. Talk to this person. They'll give you a million. They'll give you two million, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but what, how, how do you, th- who do you think he's beholden to then? Me? No. Nope. The people of Wisconsin? No. He's beholden to the people that gave him the million dollars to keep him in office. That's the truth all over the world. And who's going to have more money than anyone? These massive corporations. And we have unchecked corporate donations in this country through Citizens United. Anybody can donate any amount of money anonymously through, you know, dark money and super PACs and all that stuff. So it's not fucking rocket surgery. (laughs) Uh, I know it's rocket science. I was just being silly. Yes. But you know what I mean? It's like connect the fucking dots. It's not that hard. Any final thoughts on that, Joey? They have a lot of cash on hand. Yes, they do. And they keep finding more and more ways to keep more and more cash on hand. Now, okay, quick. Let's talk about trickle-down economics. Mm-hmm. If the corporations have the money, right, but they just hold on to it, right, how does it get back into the economy? It doesn't. Well, that's that is always the argument where it's like, look, the better rich people do, the better you're going to do. Why? Why? <laughs> it just doesn't. It, it's not the truth. It just doesn't make sense, right? It only works if they're putting the money back into the economy and paying taxes and all that stuff. But they're not doing that. So that's that argument is out the window for sure. There, I've I've read certain interesting theories about, you know, instead of lowering the tax rate to bring money back and all this stuff, um, make money value decline over time. So you say, you know, this hundred dollars is a hundred dollars, but in fifteen or whatever fifty, you know, pick a time frame, say ten years. It's nothing. So it encourages you to like, it's going it, to, the value of this you is have only going to go down. It. So you have to, it behooves you to spend it quicker. You know what I mean? And obviously there's, it's more complicated than that, but I'm just boiling it down. But that's not a terrible idea. I don't think if you're interested in people, not just hoarding cash, but you know, I mean, there's a lot of argument, you know, you can make arguments against that, but it's, it's still an interesting concept, you know, see the, or you could say this this money, you know, corporations over this size, if you're willing to accept that corporations should get over a certain size, they, this this amount of money is only good for 10 years. Then it's going to decrease in value by 10% every yes. year, whatever, 5% every year until it's valueless. So you really only have it for 10 years. But there's no way to distinguish one pile of money from another. Well, yeah, if there's a number. You know how much money they have in terms of assets, theoretically. You know what I mean? You're thinking of it in like physical dollars, but I'm just saying like Apple's has $14 billion. Okay. So they have to spend that. Well, the the only way I could think to do that would be like an incentive to spend the money or you lose the money because it's taxed or something. Well, what you could say. But they're not willing to do the taxing. So the only way to fix the situation would be to get a panel or I don't know, some kind of group of people. To actually write laws that would be legal. The Congress? (laughs) I love how you're like, it's really funny because your ideas are always like, oh yeah, the thing we have, if it worked right, that would be the thing that you would use. Um, 
Well, you could do it. Put it, say it like this: like you're saying a pu- you know, in the public interest or the yes. public good. Say, hey, if if you spend your this money that could potentially evaporate in fifty years, if you spend it in these public works programs that we're doing, or community outreach, or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, or healthcare for your employee, then it doesn't evaporate. Like if it's earmarked for that, fine. Then that's that it will stay at that value. If you're going to spend it on yeah, you know, you can figure, come up with different rules. Again, I think people hear this stuff and they're like, government interfering with business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. I don't live in a business. I live in a country. I don't want, you know, AT&T running my life. Okay. I theoretically have a say in what the government does. And when you get this corporate money out of it, I have way more of a say. So that's, that is purely my mindset. And I, I think we're still losing that battle, though. Oh, 100%. Oh, the battle is 100% being lost, for sure. And it's not going to get better with fucking Hillary or Trump in office. Um, yeah, no. I mean, we're not winning that battle, for sure. I believe the documentary is called The Corporation, if I'm not mistaken. It's an excellent documentary. It gets into this. It kind of like makes the case that you know corporations aren't people, which I'm, but they are treated that way, like you're saying, with tax breaks yes. and different things like that. Uh, their ability to vote, essentially. The corporation breaks it down as like if corporations were a person, it'd be a psychopath, and this is why. And it like breaks down the whole you know narrative. So it's a really interesting documentary if you guys want to check it out. So, all right, let's move on from that. This is something that I wanted to bring up. I'm feeling good today, Joe. We got a lot of good shit going yes, on. Yes, we do. Um, U.S. median household income. Now, you hear a lot. We got to make America great again, and this country's falling apart under the Democrats, and Obama has been a disaster, and blah blah blah. The economy was a disaster when George Bush was in office. Okay. We were losing hundreds of thousands of jobs a month. The housing bubble burst. Everything was a disaster. Obama came into office. We started slowly doing better. We started recovering. Listen to this information. And I want you just to keep this in mind when you hear people say the economy sucks. People can't get jobs. This and that. No, things are actually better. Just purely statistically things are better and they're better because of who's in office right now not because of who was in office beforehand it was a disaster beforehand u.s median household income rose 5.2 percent last year the fastest one-year increase since records began in uh being kept in 1960 something it was like the late 60s and the first increase since 2007, the median household income in the United States of America is $56,516. Median income means that's the middle point. 50% of Americans make more than that. 50% of Americans make less than that. But that median number, that 56,000, mm-hmm. is the 56,516, is the, um, you know, it's like one of the highest uh, amounts since 2007, fastest one year increase since the 60s. 71 straight months, 71 straight months of job creation, which is the longest streak in the history of the country since records have been kept. Unemployment is at 4.9%. So I want to put those numbers out there because those are undeniable numbers. Those are indicators of, hey, the economy is doing better. They Forget better. The economy is doing well. And to even pretend like Somehow the Obama administration has handled the economy worse than the Bush administration is patently absurd and false. Don't have arguments with people about it. There is no argument. So when you hear in the debates or whatever, Republicans will do better. We, we know how to fix the economy. The economy's fixed. 
you know how to break the economy. We saw it happen. It was good under Clinton, bad under Bush, good under Obama again. Right? I mean, mm. those are just numbers. Once again, now I didn't vote for Obama the second time. I voted for him the first time. I'm not on team anybody, but objectively, objectively, the economy is doing better now than it was certainly under the Bush administration. However, the only thing I will say, I don't always agree with the way they do the unemployment numbers. It's because people who have stopped looking for work are not counted within that 4.9%. Right, but they've never been counted. I, that argument drives me insane. Yeah, okay, so say the unemployment rate is 6%. Log, say the unemployment's 10%. Add whatever amount you think is not looking for work anymore to every unemployment number ever. It doesn't change anything. They've never been counted in the unemployment number. So I don't know why it's like, well, it's 4.9%, but it's probably really six. Okay. So when it was 10, it was really like 12. That's always the case. Those numbers also include people that are not like not looking for a job. It includes children, people in school, retired people, cause they're not looking for a job. So that number is skewed too. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the other rub that people don't want to tell you. Like those, those real unemployment numbers include a lot of people that wouldn't be working anyway. Okay. Yeah, no, but I understand your point, and I'm glad you brought it up, but that's always something that, um, yeah, okay. So add a couple more, whatever you think that number is that isn't looking for a job, add that, and then add it to every other number. It still means that Obama's uh, 4.9% is less than the 10% it was when he took office, which was probably more like 13 then. Fine. Okay. Correct. okay. So it's 13 to 6 or 10 to 4. It's like, it is what it is. Um, oh, 57,909 is the all-time peak median household income in the United States. So we're at 56.5 now. The highest ever was 57.9. So let's say 58 to 56.5. So close, not the peak, but okay, clearly doing well, and a huge increase in one year. Now, with this, I'm assuming we're going by household income, which means individuals in that house. Not necessarily. No, no household. I don't household. know. I don't exactly know how they're defining a house, but I would. I wouldn't assume that it's just individual. No. Okay. It's the average household in America, but I think that also assumes that most. I actually don't. I'm just guessing. I don't actually know this for a fact. I'm guessing that the average American household only has one. Uh, you know, job job holder or whatever. On average? Yeah. yeah. If I had to guess. I mean, it might not be by much, but it's probably more. There's the majority of houses probably only have one person working, if I had to guess. Okay. But I have no idea. But anyway, but yeah, it's just household. So it's like however they're defining household. Um, all right. You ready to get into this shit, Joey? Because this is uh, really interesting stuff. This is Colin Powell. Oh, oh. This is going to be fun, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, emails were released by dcleaks.com. Uh, which has a possible connection to Russian intelligence. Nobody's really sure who's doing these uh, these releases. You can also go to dcleaks.com. You can see the Hillary emails and that stuff, but there isn't, they're not giving full access to the Colin Powell archive for whatever reason. Boo. So, yeah, it's frustrating because I wanted to check it out last night, but these are um, just some of the quotes from emails that I grabbed from different articles that I read about it. I want to say this about Colin Powell because some of this stuff makes me like Colin Powell. I've always sort of, you know, he's a guy that you can tell that, 
you might not agree with everything he does, but you can respect him. And he's a guy on the right that you go, okay, he wouldn't, he's not a Trump. Certainly not. Like he's not a guy that I would panic if he became the president, put it that way. Um, but let's also never forget that Colin Powell was the one that went to the UN and sold the case for war in Iraq, lied about weapons of mass destruction, used convincingly, excuse me, very convincingly, but used completely false, uh, information and essentially told the UN that it was irrelevant and was risking irrelevance if it didn't approve this. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So let's not forget that Colin Powell certainly played a massive role in the disastrous wars in Iraq. Colin Powell, Joey to democratic mega donor, Jeffrey Leeds, who also happens to be one of his business partners. The, this, this quote is wolf. I would rather not have to vote for her. Who do you think he's talking about? Uh, Hillary. Although she is a friend I respect. A 70-year-old person with a long track record, unbridled ambition, greedy, not transformational, with a husband still dicking bimbos at home, according to the New York Post. Woof. Uh, dicking bimbos might be my favorite. I love that that guy used the phrase dicking bimbos. That sounds like a title. It could be. I don't know. It's in a, maybe inappropriate, but we'll see. Um. I, I would have to say that speaks volumes about Bill to be able to do that at this age. <laughs> I like that's what you took out of that. Like, I can still get it out. <laughs> I can still pleasure a lady. Uh, yeah, okay. The thing that jumps out to me is not transformational. Oh. Nobody's shocked that Hillary has a long track record, that she has unbridled ambition, that she has a husband maybe that's still dicking bimbos at home, or that she's greedy not transformational is the damning phrase there. And that's the truth. Bernie was transformational. Trump in some ways is transformational because we don't know what the hell we're going to get. And definitely the country is going to be way different, you know, after a Trump administration than it was before. Hillary is not transformational. She will not take us from where we are now to a place that's, uh, you know, much greater. It will be basically the same. So basically being soda cola with no bells or whistles. Well, you have a Honda Civic, a 2014 Honda Civic. You're getting a 2015 Honda Civic, <laughs> okay. a 2016 Honda Civic, a 2007. You're not getting, you're not going from the Honda Civic to, oh, I have a Range Rover now. That's not, that's not what you're getting. Um, and I completely agree. That's really what it is. She's not transformational. So that's a, it's interesting when you get to see people's emails. Cause it's like, there's no bullshit there. That's really what Colin Powell thinks. Colin Powell to an unnamed person about the Hillary Clinton email situation. Sad thing, Hillary Rodham Clinton could have killed this two years ago by merely telling everyone honestly what she had done and not tie, tie me to it. I told her staff three times not to try that gambit. I had to throw a mini tantrum at a Hamptons party to get their attention. She keeps tripping into these character minefields. Yes. He didn't do a good enough job. Three times wasn't he enough. Told, no, he probably did a fine job. He was probably like, yeah, I, here's what I would do. This is what I did. I was fucking secretary of state. There's more. We got more of the, okay. Colin Powell to Jeffrey leads on the emails and Hillary in general. They are going to, I love that Colin Powell uses the word dick a lot. He goes, they are going to dick up the legitimate and necessary use of emails with friggin' rules records or record rules. I saw email more like a telephone than a cable machine. As long as the stuff is unclassified, I had a secure state government state.gov machine. Everything Hillary Rodham Clinton touches, she kind of screws up with hubris. Oof. Hmm. Her ego gets in the way. 
Yikes. I told you about the gig. And meanwhile, this is just like a non sequitur. He goes on the email. He goes, I told you about the gig I lost at a university because she so overcharged them that they came under heat and couldn't uh, have any more fees for a while. I should send her a bill. <laughs> Hillary. This is the Hillary that I believe she actually is, actually is. I believe she's capable of becoming president. I don't want her to necessarily be president. I certainly want her to be president more than I want Trump to be president. Uh, but this is the Hillary that I believe she is. She overcharges the university for her speech. She fucks things up by being like, nope, I know better. Like, yeah, I, okay, I believe all this stuff. She's not a transformational person. She's just somebody that really loves being in a powerful position. You know what I mean? Like, that's really who this person is. And Colin Powell saying it very clearly. Colin Powell to someone else about Hillary's emails. It doesn't, I didn't know who, who it was. Dumb. <laughs> she should have done a full Monty at the beginning, meaning she should have just been like, here are my cards. Here's, mm-hmm. here's what's going on. Uh, she was using email when she took over. They put the personal system in the basement a few months later. The dinner was June 16th. He apparently was at dinner with a bunch of other like politicians and wealthy people and Hillary was there. She didn't need any advice or okay for me. She was already doing it. I gave her written guidance on why and how I had been doing it. I wanted her, I warned her staff three times over the past two years not to try to connect it to me. I am not sure Hillary Rodham Clinton even knew or understood what was going on in the basement, meaning where the email machine was. So when someone writes out exactly what to do and not to do, but you don't read it. Hubris. Is, that's incompetence, right? It's hubris. I don't need to listen to Colin Powell. I know. It will. I'll, I got people. They'll figure it out. Okay. But he already did it. Mrs. Clinton, he already... Colin Powell email. He's, he sent us a bunch of messages. That's like, right. Here. How to do it. Now, nah, well, well, okay. All right. Because you know better than Colin Powell. Well, it's not even no better than Colin Powell. It's no better than somebody that did the same exact fucking thing in the same position you're taking over right now. Hmm. You wouldn't you wouldn't listen to him at all. I think he might have some valid things to share. Yeah. Colin Powell to con- like even Obama probably took some advice from Bush. Yeah, he was the president before you. Yeah. I'd ask him what to expect. Trump wouldn't. Trump's been very clear. Hey, Mr. Trump, did you learn anything from those uh those briefings you got? No. I didn't learn anything. Yeah, because you're a fucking Colin Powell to Condoleezza Rice on Benghazi. Oh. Benghazi, this now this one hurts the Republicans. Benghazi is a stupid witch hunt. Basic fault falls on a courageous ambassador who thought Libyans now love me and I am okay in this very vulnerable place. But blame also rests on the leaders and supports back here. Pat Kennedy, the Intel community, DS, I don't know who that is. And yes, HRC, referring to Hillary Rodham Clinton. But he basically says that Benghazi, this whole Benghazi thing, is a stupid witch hunt and that some blame actually falls on Chris Stevens himself for assuming that he'd be safe in a place where clearly he shouldn't have thought he was safe. Very interesting. A little damning. Absolutely. Colin Powell... These are just some, ra- we'll wrap up with this. These are just some incomplete like email fragments. Trump is a national dis- disgrace and an international pariah. Hmm. Trump appeals to the worst angels of the GOP nature and poor white folks. Ding, ding, ding. We have a winner. The whole birther movement was racist, which Trump started mm-hmm. the birther movement. Okay. Trump appeals to the worst angels of the GOP nature and poor white folks. Right. Right. Yes. That, I mean, you can't even sum it up in a better set. Like, yeah, that's literally what he's doing. That's why he has any chance of winning this thing. He's appealing to the negative parts of people's emotions, their fears and whatever, and poor white people, precisely. 
Do you remember a couple of weeks ago when they went crazy with that alt white uh, alternate right thing? Alt right. Yeah, the alt. Well, the alt right is like these. I mean, it's a combination of people ranging from, I guess, Stephen Crowder and like Milo, very unpronounceable Greek last name, but he's pretty famous alt right guy. Ranging from them who are like anti PC to white supremacists, essentially. That that's the range of people. Mm-hmm male rights advocates and all this shit. What 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 were you going to say? Go. Well, because I think I'm trying to figure out if the poor white people would be part of the alt right group. For sure, I think there's overlap. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think there's a legitimate But that's claiming that people who might not be as economically well are automatically racist. No, but I was going to cl- it can be misconstrued that way. What I was going to say was there's overlap. There's a legitimate group of people in this country that are poor white people, uneducated, whatever it is, that go to work, they do their thing, and they actually just believe what Trump is saying is going to benefit them more than what Hillary is going to benefit. Okay? Yeah. Period. Doesn't mean they're racist. Doesn't mean anything. It just means that that's who they want to support. Fine. But there is a correlation between lack of education, lack of life experience, all this stuff, and being afraid of things you don't understand black people uh liberalism you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. things you're just not in touch with so naturally yeah you might you might have some racist fucking idea and there's also just people who are racist yes period we can't pretend there aren't there are people who are white supremacists there are people who uh you know are homophobic or whatever like hillary's fucking basket of deplorables which we could talk about in the the 2016 update she's the problem with that Mm -hmm. is she's right about x number of people in the republican base we just don't know how many there are and the media won't ever say that they won't ever go let's be clear like i mean of course there's certain commentators that'll say it depending on what you do but the meat like the tv media generally the news they'll hear they'll go hillary clinton under fire for for calling a donald trump supporters basket of deplorables saying they're racist some of them are about how well there's no who knows but you know it's like some of them are some of the people that support him david duke supports donald trump david duke ran the ku klux klan that's white supremacy period there's no way to to avoid that and some people that support white supremacy are voting for trump so what she said correct the problem is why the fuck would you say that shut your mouth she wants to lose the election well we're gonna dive into it in the 2016 update which we're, we're almost at but like yeah she wants she's she's doing her best to blow this thing and we'll talk about that in a little while all right. Any final thoughts about the Colin Powell stuff? I mean, the real question is who is actually releasing these things? Is Russia g- getting involved in our system? It seems like they are. And what's the response going to be there? Do you think Trump is actually going to go after Russia? No. no. I'm going to work with Putin. I accept. Yeah. He called me brilliant. I accept that. Trade sure. deals. Trade deals yeah, with exactly. Russia. Yeah. We'll just say a bunch of crazy shit. Uh, okay. That's it? Yes. Edward Snowden, the movement towards a possible Edward Snowden pardon has begun. Samsonites, listen to me. Pardon, P-A-R-D-O-N, Snowden, S-N-O-W-D-E-N.org. Go there, sign the petition, sign whatever they got going on there. I did last night. Let's get Edward Snowden a pardon. I would like nothing more. President Obama, just do it. 
Have you ever heard that old saying about a snowball's chance in hell? Uh, I don't know. I'm not willing to. I'm not ready to say that that's the case right now. Okay. Let's see. You don't know. You don't know. L- let's see what But happens. let's be positive and we're going to give it the fight and let's go. Well, let's. Yeah. Let's at least go. Yes. Let's try to try to get this thing done. I have an Edward Snowden quote in the email. I have a Bernie quote in the email. And then we can move on from that. Edward Snowden. He was talking through obviously like tele you know, teleconference or whatever it was. Um, The ACLU, Human Rights Watch, and Amnesty International all stood with Snowden at the Wednesday press conference where he delivered a, you know, a speech and kind of stated his case for Mm -hmm. why he thinks he deserves a pardon. In part, Edward Snowden said this. Yes, there are laws on the books that say one thing, but that is perhaps why the pardon power exists. For the exceptions, for the things that may seem unlawful in letters on a page, but when we look at them morally, when we look at them ethically, when we look at the results, it seems these were necessary things. These were vital things. I think when people look at the calculations of benefit, it is clear that in the wake of the 2013, the laws of our nation changed. The U.S. Congress, the courts, and the president all changed their policies as a result of these disclosures. At the same time, there has never been any public evidence that any individual came to harm as a result. Right. That, and that is the point of a pardon. Yes, technically what he did is illegal. However, realistically what he did was a huge service to everybody in a democracy. And this guy's now, he didn't do it to harm us. It didn't harm anyone. He did it to help us. And this guy, 100%, deserves a pardon period i completely support that all right do you know what's a telling uh course of events that happened that i believe is not going to change anything what you okay in july 2015 on the we the people website it reached over a hundred thousand signatures that's the white house like official petition yes. thing right to have snowden be pardoned for his actions Right. And in response, the press house, uh, the White House press secretary. Oh, they should call that the press house where the White House secretary is. Yes. Uh, Josh Ernest wouldn't even give thought to calling him a whistleblower. So if not, a, if they're not willing to call him a whistleblower, you think they're going to be willing to give him a pardon? I don't know. We'll see. I'm not I'm not at the point where I'm going to be like, nope, it's not going to happen. Let's hope it happens. And yeah, but let's be clear about this. The Obama administration has been horrific to whistleblowers. They they have not provided any of the protections that they said. And again, these are things that when you weigh the balance of it all, you go, yeah, Obama's okay. I mean, he was good, but he wasn't great. He wasn't this amazing guy that, you know, I voted for the first time. So yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Now, this is Bernie Sanders coming out. He falls a little short of saying that he wants a pardon, but you, you get the gist of what, what mm. Bernie's saying. He goes, The information disclosed by Edward Snowden has allowed Congress and the American people to understand the degree to which the NSA has abused its authority and violated our constitutional rights. Now, we must learn from the troubling revelations Mr. Snowden brought to light. Our intelligence and law enforcement agencies must be given the tools they need to protect us, but that can be done in a way that does not sacrifice our rights. While Mr. Snowden played an important role in educating the American people, there is no debate that he also violated an oath and committed a crime. In my view, the interest of justice would be best served if our government granted him some form of clemency or a plea agreement that would spare him a long prison sentence or permanent exile. All right, so Bernie comes out in favor of clemency, a plea deal. Okay, 
in my opinion, if you gave Snowden six months or time served, just let, let the guy come back. He's so valuable to us. You don't think that this guy's, I mean, he's, he's so valuable as in a democracy. And good for Bernie. I mean, I'm glad that Bernie came out and said that. He can't probably outright say, pardon him, mm-hmm. but essentially clemency, don't let him live in exile, blah, blah, blah. You know, he, he's like, bring the guy back. Even if it's a couple of months in jail or something, like let him do that and then let him live his life. Uh, how would you think the plea bargain would go? There would have to be something to sweeten the pot. Like I don't know. I don't know. Like what the Snowden works for free, or like no, that's. I, I don't know what the government would want. Well, they can't trust him now. <laughs> they're not, you know what I mean? Like they're yeah. not gonna. Um, yeah, I don't know what the gov. I don't know. I don't know what the government would want. We'd have to see how that would 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 be the case. I mean, to me, it's like he's already lived in Russia now for how many years? Like time served. Let him let him come back. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, the plea deal could be maybe he's not allowed to go on the. They can take. They can revoke his internet. Right. You know what I mean? He has to, he can't use the internet for five years. Who who knows? He lives in a box and can't use the internet. No, but really, that's really <laughs> something that, that could happen. I, you know, who knows? Um, we'll see. We'll see. One more thing before we get to the 2016 update, which good 2016 update. I got to say Chelsea Manning. So now I don't know if you heard about any of this, Joey, but um, last week it was like, I got this bad news about Chelsea Manning or something that she was doing. And I was concerned because i was like mm-hmm. well this is not going to go well and this person's obviously at the end of their rope here but then we got good news at the beginning of this week so let's just break it all down on friday chelsea manning issued a statement announcing a hunger strike until she received care for her gender dysphoria chelsea manning formerly bradley manning feels that she is a woman identifies as a woman and that's why she's now chelsea manning but she's been in prison they will not let her grow her hair out they won't they will not let her act like a woman they will let her say she is, I guess they'll call her Chelsea or whatever, but she will not, they don't allow her to grow her hair out or, or whatever it is. And they certainly won't let her have the gender transition surgery. This was the, this was Chelsea Manning's quote on Friday. I need help. I am not getting any. I have asked for help time and time. again. This by the way, this is somebody that should get a fucking pardon as well. I have asked for help time and time again for six years and through five separate confinement locations. My request has only been ignored, delayed, mocked, giving trinkets and lip service by the prison, the military, and this administration. I was driven to suicide by the lack of care for my gender dysphoria that I have been desperate for. I didn't get any. I still haven't gotten any. Until I am shown dignity and respect as a human again, I shall endure this pain before me, eating, only accepting water. She won't eat or drink anything else. Uh, I'm prepared for this mentally and emotionally. I expect that this ordeal will last for a long time, quite possibly until my permanent incapacitation or death. I am ready for this. Well, good news. On Wednesday, Chelsea Manning entered her hunger strike when the army told her she would be allowed to receive gender transition surgery. That is shocking to me that that happened that quickly. Yes, but do you know what doesn't make sense to me? What, Joey? They'd be willing to let her do, uh, you know, help her with the gender dysphoria. Yeah. However, in the same breath, they would be willing to go after her for her suicide attempt and throw her indefinitely into, con- uh, what do you call it? Yeah, uh, solitary confinement. Yeah, solitary confinement. Yeah, well, look, who are we without our rules, right? <laughs> That's the United. Look, if the United States is number one thing, it's rule following. Um, no, I, of course, and that I'm not. You know, she, 
I wish this person could just get out of jail or they'd, you know, lessen her sentence or whatever and she wouldn't get punished for the suicide attempt. Of course. Yeah, but how can you take with one hand and give with the other? It's like, well, it's it's auto, you know, it's the same, you know, everything goes hand in hand. Why, why not? Well, they don't have to give with either hand, right? So at least they are going to give her something, which is the thing that she tried to kill herself over to begin with. So, okay, I, I hear you, but this is a good thing. And it's the first time that this will ever happen, that somebody has been in you know incarcerated and will receive uh, gender reassignment surgery so there you go good for chelsea manning i mean this is a person that suffered tremendously obviously for doing the right thing the moral thing um so i hope this you know no matter what ends up happening based on the suicide attempt or what other kind of punishments come i hope this brings her at least a level of comfort you know what i mean and peace yeah. so We'll see. But, uh, but again, this is somebody that should be pardoned or, or at least less in sentence or wh- whatever. It's like, this is not a dangerous person. And the important thing is she did it in her own way, peacefully, nonviolent. And it, it sets a great example that things can be accomplished. 100%. Oh, oh, you're saying as far as getting the surgery, like, the, yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if this is the, look, this is the same stuff that's going on in Guantanamo Bay. The, these people are on prison strikes. Not prison strikes. I'm sorry, hunger strikes. So yeah, but this is this historically this has been something that uh, you can do, and good. Yes, I'm very glad that it worked out for her. All right, moving on. Let's um, we'll close with this huge update. Yeah, we got a pretty good 2016 update. I'm excited about it. Uh, 538.com. Now, by the way, well, whatever. Let, let's get into these numbers because we're going to talk about the state of the. Uh, you know, I'll make a little comment about Hillary and all that stuff. 538. Hillary Rodham Clinton has a 64.2% chance of winning the presidency, while Donald Trump is now up to 35.8% chance. Now, realistically, that might be just where it stays, but I liked it better when it was 80-20 or 80-10. You know what I mean? It it didn't seem realistic. Here's alarming, very alarming to me. Let's go to the polls. Well, forget the polls in every place except Ohio. Nate Silver has Ohio right now. He has Trump at a 53.7% chance of winning Ohio. Hillary at a 46.2% chance. No president really wins the presidency without Ohio. And if Trump's up in Ohio, that's that's a fucking bad, bad sign. And I, and I don't like to see that at all. I keep saying Hillary's going to win. I do believe she's going to win. And he still has, again, still has Hillary at a 64% chance of winning this thing, even with Ohio flipped to Trump, which would be crazy if she was able to win without Ohio. But that's a bad barometer. You know, Ohio's a barometer and that's a bad indicator that he is even up at all uh, in Ohio right now. So that hmm. makes me concerned. Hillary will, will say what kind of, you know, obviously Hillary had a rough week. Hillary passed out at the nine 11 uh, memorial ceremony, whatever. 46% of people, Joey mm-hmm. don't believe that she has pneumonia. So 45% of people do 9% of people aren't sure according to a YouGov poll. So majority of people are like, yeah, she said it's pneumonia, but I don't believe her. That's the fucking problem. So they believe that she has something worse. Who is, knows? Is, or that she's lying. That? Yes. I, I, right. Because the, the, the whole thing has been over the last couple of weeks, Hillary's sick. Something's wrong with Hillary. She's mm-hmm. she's hiding something. She she banged her head. She's crazy. This woman doesn't fit. Yeah, but that's Trump just. It is right. Spouting whatever he wants to about someone's physical health condition. It is, but she has pneumonia. 
So instead of her fucking campaign coming out and going, Hillary's going to cancel a few appearances, she has pneumonia. No, she's going to soldier on. Right. And then she passes out at the 9-11 memorial, looks terrible on video. Now it's a legitimate issue. It is shocking to me, shocking, that somebody that's been in politics this long and is definitely qualified to be the president and if all things being equal, like, should be the president, it's amazing to me that they allowed this to become a real issue. It's stunning. And like Colin Powell said, you know what it is, Joey? It's fucking hubris. We know better. We know how to... No, you don't. You don't know how to run for the presidency. Clearly you don't because you failed at it before and there's zero reason why you should lose this election and you're putting it in question. You're making it close when it shouldn't be close. Hillary's strategy Mm -hmm. should have been say nothing until the debates. Nothing. Don't answer a question unless you absolutely have to. Don't even bother. There's no reason. Trump's going to be out there every day saying something crazy. People don't like that, apparently. I'm betting 51% or whatever, the majority of people that are going to vote don't like what Trump is saying. Let him say it. Shut up. Don't do anything. Yeah, let to him jeopardize burn this. itself down. Don't put any gas on it. This is infuriating to me, this 9 11 pass. Because there's no denying it. She did. She did pass out at the 9 11. Yes. There's video. It looks bad. And she could say it's pneumonia, but most people don't believe her. So what does that mean? It means that the shit that Trump is saying, you just validated all of it. And if you're lying about that, what else are you lying about? You're lying about the emails. You're lying about Ben That's the problem. It only becomes a problem when you do something that validates the bullshit. Yes. People that say 9-11 was a hoax, that the plane wasn't real. It's crazy. Until you see the receipt for like digital editing software. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, oh, what? Look, maybe they did. That's the problem. That's what she did. And that, man, that drives me insane. She She's putting herself in a position where she could lose this election. I don't think she will, but this certainly doesn't help. It's cuckoo, Jerry. Yes, but you, know, you live in a world where the media is there and it's 24-7. Yeah. Hillary Clinton has to be doing all these events. Nope. Nope. I have pneumonia. I can't attend that the event. The moment... That she takes time off, Trump is going to be asking, why is she taking time off? I'd rather... She is not strong enough, and she's not a workhorse to continue the campaign. That's fine. I'd rather he do that, because he was already doing it, than have a fucking video of me looking weak. Mm. What's worse? I don't know. Something's up. She said she's sick, and she's taking a couple of days off. Let him do that all day. Don't let him go, look at this video of this woman not able to run the country and handle the pressure. That's the problem. And it's insane to me that her campaign couldn't wrap their head around that and they couldn't make the right decision there. That's crazy. They were too busy tweeting. And let me tell you, well, thank you for bringing that up because I want to fucking step on that too in a second. I was in Vegas, whatever, a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. We went to the Hoover Dam. It's like a hundred fucking thousand degrees when you're walking around at the Hoover Dam. A lot of steps. It's massive. You're walking around in the blistering heat. It's hot. I felt we had eaten a huge lunch before we walked up all the steps and all this shit. It's burning hot. I drank too much water, whatever. Walked up a bunch of stairs. I felt like, oh, I'm either going to puke or I might pass out for a second. Mistake. Yeah, for sure. Mistake. Okay. It passed. I didn't pass out. I didn't throw up. It happens to people. So it's not unreasonable to go, yeah, of course, Hillary has pneumonia. She's out 
it's hot out, whatever. She's working herself to the bone. She got overheated and she, she passed out. Okay. That is what happened. I believe that that's what happened. The problem is she let everybody see it on camera and she validated this whole thing. I'm not saying that she is this weakling that can't run the country. No, she has pneumonia. That's what happened. And her schedule's insane. So of course she got sick. She's fucking shaking people's hands, holding babies. babies yeah, she's not sleeping things. probably. Yeah. So, okay. So fine. It's not, that's not what I'm criticizing her for. What I'm criticizing her for and her fucking campaign is not understanding that this would turn into something if something bad happened. And it did. Take the two days off. Go to the 9-11 memorial. Don't go to the scheduled campaign stop in wherever the fuck you are. Peoria. Take a nap. Go back to Chappaqua and chill out for two days. I'll stop dicking those bimbos. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? It's like, don't do this. You've put yourself... And she is a ruthlessly bad campaigner terrible she was supposed to beat obama didn't she better be trump or we're all fucked i really fucking mean that we're fucked i'm not gonna vote for her i'll vote for jill stein but this is a bungle Mm. because he can always scream go to the video tape all you have to do is clip that when she fucking wobbles and passes, because it's an ugly video. She passed out. And yeah. meanwhile, also her fucking handlers. If you're walking to that car and she, you, you know, she's sick and she's probably going like, I don't feel good. I think I'm probably going to pass out. You bet- get under her yeah. better. Don't let her fly. Don't have two smaller women. It seems like in the video next to her, get two dudes to go next to her and hold her. And so if she does pass out, it's not obvious it's that fake. she passed out. Yeah. They made they bungled the whole thing and it's embarrassing and it's fucking infuriating because it was avoidable. This is an unforced error. She does not need to make unforced errors. And w- because when she does, Trump goes up in Ohio. And that's a ah, we can't afford it, Joey. It's bad. Bad news, and it really pisses me off. Very bad. Weak. Uh <laughs> meanwhile, you got anything to say about that? Uh I I was actually very surprised a donald trump when that happened by not making it an issue and just said i hope she gets better and continues that campaign perfectly planned i can't i can't believe he did that he's doing it now i mean he's going to different events and being oh planned. he's doing it now though yeah, oh, okay perfectly planned yes perfect because he's already made it an issue for those two days he played it well yeah you don't have to when a f- like a bear steps on the trap and is caught there you don't have to be like ha ha dumb bear look what you did you're like, gotcha, bitch. You know yeah. what I mean? You don't have to say a fucking word about it. And he didn't. He didn't say it. Meanwhile, Vice News has filed a freedom of information uh, a lawsuit against the IRS demanding all audits of Trump's tax returns from 2002 onwards. We'll see. We'll see if they get them. It's public records, tax records. He's there. They're filing a freedom of information request to get those records, the audits that he claims that he can't put oh, out. Oh, so there. they don't have to even go through him. They can just go through yeah, they have to go the, to the IRS. IRS. Right. Now the IRS, is not, the IRS has not responded to that yet. You're damn right. They, uh, but they've included the FBI now and all this stuff. So we'll see, but I bet they don't end up releasing it. That'll come after the fact, but okay, good. At least somebody's trying to do something. I would love things. to see that email chain. Oh, please. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. I, that's the that's what makes me go it is russia doing it because where are the trump ones some somebody's got to be trying to get into trump's records you think that guy's like got it all locked together tightly no no but the people that are uh, doing the leaks are probably sort of in bed with him (laughs) yeah so that so they don't go after him yeah right uh this was interesting john brennan Mm -hmm. 
who is the uh, CIA director, he responded to Trump's body language security briefing. Show where he was like, <laughs> they clearly, they're not happy. This is John Brennan. He says, the briefers are, quote, the quintessential professional intelligence officers. We don't comment on policy. We don't give policy recommendations. So I am fully confident that they comported themselves with the utmost professionalism and demonstrated their real breadth and depth of intelligence capabilities. Basically, Trump's full of bullshit. Yeah. That's not true. How many people do you think are going to listen to that quote from John Brennan? Or do you think they're going to go, look, Trump's good at business. He gets body language. They don't hear anything that John just said. Yep. Trump is good body language. Right. That whole quote was like, John <laughs> Brennan said, very ugly posture. I could tell by the way that they were sitting, they'd rather assassinate Obama than talk to him. Frankly, I'm being very yes irritating. But okay, for people that listen to this podcast, that's the truth. They didn't do that. That's not the case. <sighs> Kurt Eichenwald, who's a Newsweek writer, wrote an article, and I have an excerpt from that article. It's a long article. Go check it out. It's called, if you want to find it, again, by Kurt Eichenwald, E-I-C-H-E-N-W-A-L-D, How the Trump Organization's Foreign Business Ties Could Upend U.S. National Security. This is the opening paragraph of this piece. A close examination by Newsweek of the Trump Organization, including confidential interviews with business executives and some of its international partners, reveals an enterprise with deep ties to global financiers, foreign politicians, and even criminals, although there is no evidence the Trump Organization has engaged in any illegal activities. It also reveals a web of contractual entanglements that could not be just canceled. If Trump moves into the White House and his family continues to receive any benefit from the company during or even after his presidency, almost every foreign policy decision he makes will raise serious conflicts of interest and ethical quagmires. Trump is so interconnected with regimes and actors and financiers from around the world through his organization Mm -hmm. that if he became president, basically no move he could make wouldn't either benefit him or hurt him in some way. That's Hmm. called a conflict of interest. And he's not going to give up those ties. He'll just give the reins to his kids. So how could you possibly trust the guy to say, I'm going to make America great. I'm going to work in America's interest. You can't. You cannot make a move without hurting yourself or helping yourself. There's no way to do it. He built in a exit plan. Yeah, what's that plan? At some point, you can stand there and go, it's a conflict of interest. No. And I step down. As what, president? Yes. No, he's not going to step... No, but this guy's saying he literally can't conduct foreign policy at all without it being a conflict of interest. He can't. He's too tied up in in this. And, you know, the article obviously details it more, but that's just a little, you know, whet your appetite if you want to read the article. Uh, Yeah, fascinating, but not shocking, of course. And if he's going to give the control over to his kids... Mm -hmm. That there's then he's still it's still a conflict of interest. It's not like he's because he's got all these contracts in place. He can't just break the contracts. That's illegal. Then he's going to be tied up in all that shit. So it's like the fact that anybody's even going to vote for Trump is really stunning to me. And I understand why you wouldn't want to vote for Hillary completely. I'm not, but man, you can't, you can't, you can't vote for Trump. It's I'm saying this right now. There would be millions and millions of people voting millions. For Trump. And millions. millions. Yeah. Uh, no, I know. 
It's going to be close. It's going to be close. And because Fainty over there couldn't bother to take a couple of days you off. You can do better. Come on, Fainty, really? Uh, pass her outie. I, I don't know. What, what should we call her? I don't know. Collapsey? Collapsey <laughs> Clinton over there couldn't. Uh, she couldn't just take a, a fucking nap and some green tea and just chill for a couple of days. No. She had to show up at Ground Zero looking like fucking Yoko Ono and passing out. Yeah, if you want to understand that reference, <laughs> go on my Twitter. It's at Mansamp. I, I tweeted, uh, you know, a picture, a side-by-side of her and Yoko Ono. Bizarre. I don't know why Hillary showed up with those glasses on. She looked like Yoko Ono. It was very weird. Check out my Twitter. All right. Two more points, then we're done. Rudolph Giuliani on war in defense of Trump saying, take the oil. Remember during the yes. freedom of, during the, uh, you know, commander-in-chief forum, Trump was like, Big mistake. We should have taken the oil. How would you fucking do that, you incompetent goon? Like, you can't just take the oil. That's not how things work. Giuliani made some interesting comments talking to, I believe, George Stephanopoulos, who's another asshole, who didn't bother to challenge him on this at all. We're going to play the clip. It's like, you know, 20 seconds. This is Rudy Giuliani, uh, I guess, defending Trump's comments. Hold on. Let me pause it real quick because it happens really quickly. Get the sound up. All right, here we go. This is Giuliani. This is infuriating. But he said, leave a force back there and take it. Leave a force back there and take it and make sure it's distributed in a proper way. And basically... That's not legal, is it? Of course it's legal. It's a war. (laughs) Until the war is over, anything's legal. What? He's a Republican. That that laugh... We're going to go back a second. Here, let's just let him... Let's just listen to the whole thing again. You know what? Now, by the way, I pause it there. He continues with like a whole explanation of what Trump meant and this and that. Stepanopoulos at no point goes... Stop. You can't just do anything in war. That's not true. We have rules of engagement. There's international rules uh, like governing the the different conflict. You cannot do anything. <laughs> That's not true. Anything's legal in war. Are you out of your mind? And this is these are the people that would be advising Trump. Yes. Are they going to advise him to not are they going to are they going to be the Barbara Lee in the room and go we need to exercise restraint here they're going to be like fuck it let's go in there and let's let's go in there and take the oil Mr. Trump thanks Rudy you idiot that's not not everything is legal in war it's crazy let's listen to this again but he said leave a force back there and take it leave a force back there and take it and make sure it's distributed in a proper way and basically that's not legal is it of course it's legal. that's not legal is it you know it's not legal, Stephanopoulos. Don't ask him. <laughs> it's a war. <laughs> of course it's legal. It's a war. <laughs> That's a crazy person, Joe. You need to add that to the sound bar, which we have to get back. <laughs> I know. I know. That's, that, is, that is a good sound. Hold on. It's legal. It's a war. <laughs> until, the- <laughs> <laughs> until the war's over, everything is legal. <laughs> this, guy has, this guy has just lost his marbles. Yeah, it's not good. That's an insane thing to say. The problem is... 40 something percent of the population goes, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but how did but how did he get to this point? How he used have we to be gotten a, to this point? How have we gotten here? How 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 are we here? I two I, airplanes I, hitting a tower, apparently. Yeah, it really is that, Joey. It really is. It fractured the country in a way that could have been put back together, but wasn't because we had the wrong person in office. Fr- frankly. I mean, that's really what it was. And the mindsets just went in two totally different directions. Corporations took over. We allowed the security state to be put into place. Yeah, I, I don't know. And you're asking what happened to Giuliani? I don't know. Was Giuliani ever a reasonable guy? He was a well-respected, but you know, by default because he was the mayor, though. Guess who else is well-respected? Ronald Reagan. Was he great? No. A lot of people are well. Bush, 
George W. Bush got a standing ovation on Sunday. That's respect. Should he be that well-respected? No, I don't know. I was too young, I guess, during the, you know, Giuliani administration. I don't know. I didn't really pay attention to it, but it's like, yeah, I mean, I guess he's flown a little more off the handle, but he took the America's mayor thing way too far. And now he's just shifted so far to the right. It's insane. Let's close with this. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump releases medical records. I believe he does it today on Dr. Oz, but there's a clip. First of all, this is this is what we're dealing with. Dr. Oz is a respectable doctor, bro. He's a goon. Don't don't go after Dr. We Oz. Get, we get a, a potentially the president of the United States <laughs> mm-hmm. going on a daytime talk show, essentially, is what mm-hmm. we're dealing with, to release his medical, to make a grand show of releasing his medical records. Let's look at this and listen to this clip, Joey, of Trump on the Dr. Oz program. Okay. Oh, you got it already? Well, yeah, it was really, they had a clip out last night. Nice. All right. From your review of systems, why not share your medical records? Why not? Well, I have really no problem in doing it. I I have it right here. I mean, should I do it? I don't care. Should I do it? That, that, that makes me want to off myself. (laughs) Why would he be there? Why the fuck would he be on Dr. Oz's show if he wasn't going to release the medical records? Should I? I mean, I don't have a problem doing it. You, audience, do you, let me hear you. Do you think I should do it? <laughs> like, are you fucking nuts? What are we doing? Where, where are we? I, I, I'm shocked by this country more and more every day. Let's let's finish the clip. It's only like 30 seconds. Your systems. Why not share your medical records? Why not? Well, I have really see? no problem in doing it. I I have it right here. I mean, I, should I do it? I don't care. Should I do it? <laughs> I think that a pause uh, sign was up. Oh, now he put, look, he pulls an envelope just out of his jacket pocket. Look at that. <laughs> it's two letters. One is the report and the other is from Lenox Hill Hospital. May, may I see them? Saying, yeah, sure. So these are- oh, I want to pu- I want to go in there and put on cleats and <laughs> kick Dr. Oz right in the snout. Can, can may, I see them? May, may I see them? You're, this is all set up. <laughs> They're pretending like this is just going down in the moment. It's designed for, to do this. Can, do, do you mind if I take a look at them? And yeah, I'll, may I see them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dr. Oz is going to be like, um, this is disqualifying. I mean, get the fuck out of here. Let's just finish the clip. <laughs> These are the report. This those, is from. Those were all the tests that were just done last week. Thank you. Oh, wow. What a moment. Unbelievable. How did nobody. It's shocking to me that nobody in the audience just spontaneously died. <laughs> just my head just would have. Well, you, you have to. It's embarrassing. We're, in embarrassing. we're just in the most embarrassing. This is the most embarrassing country on earth. You also have to keep in mind that the people are going to be of a certain um, background that's going to be watching Dr. Oz. What does that mean, Joey? Certain people who like to watch Dr. Oz would be in the audience. You know, my aunt actually worked with Dr. Oz. Like, she knows him. She she worked together. She's a nurse practitioner. They work together. Mm Mm-hmm. She said he's a very nice guy, like good doctor, but it's like, no, he's just a TV doctor. Yes. And he's bringing on this TV president to like give his medical. I, I just, uh... <sighs> meanwhile, Yoko Ono over there, Yoko Clinton is passing out at the memorial. And nah, she's just you, making you can it do easy. better than Yoko Clinton. I, I, I can't come up with one. Collapsing, cl- I don't know. Samsonites, let me know in the comments. I've no, I don't know. I can't think of it. She collapsed quick. Nope, I'm not going to go there. You know what I was going to say. Forget it. No. You know what I was going to say. No. <laughs> no, no. She went down harder than 
building seven or whatever. Oh. Uh, all right. I had to finish it. I didn't say, you know, tower two or whatever, but <laughs> Jesus Christ. You, kept, you just did. You kept prodding me. You wanted me to come up with something better and that's what happened. That's where I went. So I apologize. Uh, I'm done, Joe. You got anything else to say here? No, I think we're done. <laughs> the show will not return. Uh, no, we will be back for MSP 97 next Friday. In the meantime, you guys can go on iTunes you can leave a comment. You can subscribe to us on there and, and leave a review um, and a rating. That's nice. I'd like to see this podcast return to the iTunes charts, get a few more listeners and make this thing grow. But we appreciate uh, all the support we've gotten so far. You can also go to soundcloud.com slash mandatory Samson. You can, like I alluded to, leave a comment on the episode. I will respond to those. So will Joey. And if there's anything particularly, uh, you know, interesting or germane to the conversation, we will uh, we'll, we'll pull pull from that pool and discuss it on the program. Uh, you can also email us mandatory Samson at gmail.com uh, on social media. I'm at man Samp M a N S a M P Joey's at Joey from Jersey uh, Jersey spelled with a Z. Remember go to pardonsnowden.org, sign that petition. I'd like to see that guy, um, you know, be rewarded for all the work that he's done on our behalf until next week. We love you guys. Bye. This has been a Stand Up Labs production powered by digital media. Subscribe to new and archive episodes wherever you listen to podcasts and find all of our shows at StandUpLabs.nyc. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. No, we out. <laughs> <laughs>